At a critical time when young people must make decisions that will shape their future, the people who become dependent upon marijuana are dependent on an escape that makes the unreal seem beautiful and the reality of life seem unnecessary. Episode two. Episode two. Twist and talk. Twist and talk. Welcome, everyone. I'm Cousin Nate, Nathan Pinkney. Dead Mewtwo, Cameron Chow. Monty Elliott, Monty with three T's on Instagram. And today we're going to be talking about uh, Mac, Miracle Alien Cookie from Fat Panda's Platinum Line. Some fire-ass weed. We all love it. Thank you. Little disclaimer, a lot of us don't really, uh, you know, we don't support Fat Panda in the most. I would say most of their strains we don't, like the regular strains we don't really mess with most of the time, but the Platinum line is kind of undeniable. Um, yeah, I'd agree. I'd say, I mean, their face-off OG is really good. I've had mm-hmm. a handful of stuff from their regular line that's pretty decent, um, but yeah, I don't make a habit of buying it. The Platinum line, on the other hand, is really good. It's one of those things, I, I think we've talked about it, there's... There's like, uh, you don't want to support the really like big, big companies because you feel like they're monopolizing or something, but I still drink Coca-Cola when I'm thirsty. So like, right. You know, you gotta, uh, things you got, you can't, you can't deny the fact that they grow some good stuff every once in a while. I mean, regardless of their, of their, uh, their business practices and stuff like that, they, I think ideally they still want, they still want their weed to be good. Right. And just when you get so big. And garden-wise, sometimes you just can't pay the attention to each plant individually like you need to. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they make sure to on some of the platinum line stuff, whereas the regular line, they're maybe just like, yep, get another 100 pounds of this out the door. Right. Well, I think the biggest problem with the, with Panda, it's got nothing to do with the fact that it's Panda. It's the fact that the, the, some of their growing practices and stuff like that are, um, they'll source their product from other from, from farms in which they've, so they've bought from other people. And so, like, it's not even Panda growing their weed. It, it might be like... You know somebody else that's growing that's growing panda weed and then under the panda name under the panda name and it's like okay well at this point what's the point of buying panda if they're just you know buying other people's stuff and relabeling it right um, now granted I do think that there's some licensing in, in that like for instance they probably give them the permission to grow their their seeds they probably give them all this type, type of stuff so that's all like legal and it's straight up with 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 their uh, with what they want but I don't know. Another thing I would say is Miracle Alien Cookies is an excellent strain. I don't know if I've had it from anybody but Fat Panda yet. So despite like I'm really excited to do Miracle Alien Cookies, maybe somebody else would do it and we would be doing the podcast um, with that brand's weed. Uh, but at the moment, if you want to do some Miracle Alien Cookies, which is an excellent strain, Fat Panda has it available mm-hmm. compared to anyone else. So, And uh, last episode, we failed to mention that we work at Cushman's in Linwood. So all the strains that we are going to be getting, I shouldn't say all of them, but I would bet, I would guess the majority of what we're smoking will be coming from that store. So most of the time, whatever we're smoking, you can probably come and see us and pick some up. True. At least for the beginning, you know, and not to mention that if we, if you ever, if, if we ever do source something from another store, we'll definitely let you know where it's coming from. Got no issues with that. Yeah. Cause they have a good selection, but they don't have everything. It's right. True. Um, another thing that's really got me, uh, kind of back to open mind with Fat Panda is them teaming up with Dabstract. 
because I've been following Dabstract for a long time. They've been excellent oils. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Being able to try the material I know is coming from Fat Panda through the Dabstract brand, it just shows me that, like, okay, they're obviously working with some decent material. They got a lot of different flavors that I really like, and then I try that oil, so I'm, I'm willing to kind of follow it up with the flower. And oftentimes I'm not upset. Sometimes I'm maybe not completely impressed, but I'm never really upset. Mm-hmm. Throw down some of those. <clears throat> so, uh, we're going to go for a flower smoke and a bong first. I'm ready for a dab, quite honestly. All right. Start with a dab. Let's do, let's do a dab today. I'm really ready for a dab. I, I took a very, very small dab this morning once I realized we were running late, and so I'm really ready for another one. Let's do it. Word. Is the is that thing? Well, you guys super, super, super is super duper hot. Let's we'll start rolling up a blunt. Word. All right. Start breaking down the weed too. So uh, right now, for what we're what we got going on, we're gonna get uh, gonna get a bowl loaded. Gonna get a bong or a, a blunt rolled up. And we also have two different consistencies of the Miracle Alien Cookie Oil. We've got a Gems and Juice, as well as a Terp Sugar. Since last episode, we created a Twist and Talk um, Instagram. What is it? Twist dash N? No, I think it's all Twist. I think it's Twist and Talk. Oh, yeah. Podcast, twist. All one word. Yeah. Twist and Talk. Twist, the letter N, Talk. All one word. Go check us out. Pictures of... All of this weed and dabs will be on there. Some highlights of us smoking. Highlights of how uh, Monty cuts up a fronto. So that way, so hold out the big whole leaf. So let's see. Oops. <clears throat> this is a. Uh... This is more Havana Seven. Havana Seven, or no? That you have the Havana. This is Havana Prime. Yeah, See, it's not completely a wrapper quality leaf. It's got some spotting on it, but honestly, it's my favorite flavor. So this is how big they are, and you use the scissors to cut it up. Granted, this is the main vein that went down the center, so this is only half of it here. The other half was here before I smoked it up. Yeah, I'm like, I think everybody's got their own little style with it too. Like I'll, uh, for whatever reason, my OCD kicks in, and I got to take it like side. Like I can't do half the week at one time for some reason. I've got to do, you know, side. Oh, you time. go from the bottom up. Sometimes, you know, sometimes I go from the top down too. I will say that it's a little bit harder to, to cut it from the top down. Um, I always went from the bottom and worked my way side by side up. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason that I don't do so that it just lately cuts off a little piece like that is because the tobacco is so much more rich with nicotine towards the tip, mm-hmm. and I, I find I'm craving that. So as soon as I start at the bottom, I'm just like, when can I get to the bus? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, uh, like, I, like the other day, I just, start, I just straight cut, cut one out of the tip. I'm just like, all right, let's do let's make a tip one. It was actually a really nice shape, really good stuff. And then I used the main, the, the very tip of the main vein. Hey. Very tip of the main vein. So everything that uh, we just talked about, check out our Instagram. Just get on the stuff. <laughs> um, what else was I going to say? I don't remember what I was 
just going to say. They can't distract me. That's okay. Life of stoners. So not everybody knows exactly the different consistencies of oil and stuff like that. Um, what, what What's the difference between gems and juice in, like, terp sugar? So I think gems and juice, they, I don't know if they're, like, trying to make diamonds out of it. The and then that's as far as it gets. So from what I understand about uh, diamonds in general is you blow the material and you have to leave it in the freezer for a while. And as it sits... The diamonds form just like if uh, you were to be making crystals out of like sugar crystals or something like that, like you would have done back in school. Um, and the crystals just grow because THC is a, is a crystalline, so they just tend to collect together and, and form. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how some companies like Oleum are making big giant rocks and some are, you know, some can only get little, you know, pebble-sized pieces. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If it's just a matter of letting it sit longer, patience, the material, I don't know. Uh, I'm actually going to start experimenting with that this week myself. Nice. I'm going to attempt to make some diamonds. Nice. For sure. And so the terp sugar, I guess, would you assume that that's, that maybe is like a little bit little bit of less uh, refined product to that stage? Or would you say that it's got some other stuff to it? In the past, when I made terp sugar, it was from uh, super fresh material. And so there's a little bit of moisture in it, and the terpenes are definitely the freshest and still the most, like, liquidy, I guess. And it seemed like it was when I wouldn't dry the material out as much, I would get more terp sugar. Gotcha. So live resin, suppose, would create... Terp sugar more, More terp sugar. Yeah, Yeah. fresh frozen material, things like that. Mm -hmm. Creates terp sugar quite a bit more. Uh, So... This kind of probably leads into uh, a little bit of background on me. I uh, been smoking weed since about 1992. Really got heavily invested or interested in it in '94. You know when I'd be picking up, I was a what a junior or sophomore in high school and going to picking up a senior and driving them to some house and I have to sit in my car and wait outside for him to go inside with my $20 <laughs> and take a quarter of my sack and come back and give me whatever he felt like for my 20 bucks. And I just always remember sitting in my car and looking at that house like, man, I need to be the dude going in the house. <laughs> Fuck this. And then I started to be able to, then it was like, yeah, I met a few people, did my thing. You know, and I was able to be the dude going in the house. And then I was like, man, I need to be the dude sitting in that house. (laughs) And then, you know, I became that uh, over years of time and and fun. And then I was like, man, there's some dude bringing this shit to this dude's house. How do I become that guy? And that's when I started growing weed. And I I think first time I started growing weed would have been... 1999 or 2000 Mm. was the first. I had a little box that was probably five feet tall, three by three, had two plants in it and a hundred watt light and three just straight up fluorescent tubes. And I think I got one ounce out of it. Off of, yeah, maybe I had three plants in it. I don't know. Street fluorescent tubes. <laughs> yeah, street fluorescent tubes and a hundred watt like grow light from the fucking Home Depot. Oh yeah, man. You know, I grew under fluorescence for the first time too. Just in my bathroom, a tiny little plant only got like this big. Yeah, started out forever, and I just had it. 
a like regular fluorescent, like a shop lamp. Yeah, it grew uh, like tilted sideways. Grew like two feet tall. Had probably like eighteen leaves and seventeen buds on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and but that started the, the love itch. for it. That started the love for it, and then everything just kept progressing, and all the way I'd say two thousand two thousand and twelve ish. I think that was the year. Yeah, two thousand and two thousand and twelve at Hempfest. I was walking, and all of a sudden, I see all these these uh, bong pieces I've never seen before. And so they're the curve. Shout out H- HMK Glass. Check them out on Instagram. Hashmaster Cut. You know, he, he created what I, I would know as the first uh, first dab tool. And it's called a swing. And I saw that. And, you know, Stoney, if anybody knows Stoney, they know his attitude. And I was like, hey, man, what do you use these for? And he gave me the attitude like, duh, they're for smoking oil. B-H-O, butane hash oil. As if everybody in the world had already heard about that. When I, you know, he's the only booth in the whole hemp fest that has these things. Mm-hmm. And he's acting like everybody should know. So I went directly home and Googled that shit. Found a great video from, uh, damn, what's his name? Uh, he's working with M-Fused. Naughty. Mm-hmm. Naughty. Yeah. Naughty. Found a video of Naughty blowing oil. And watch that shit. Go check out Naughty on Instagram. K-N-O-T-T-Y. He's one of the original... The true OGs. That guy probably taught more people to blast oil than anyone. More than anyone. Area. I would say he probably loaded up some of the first really uh, good YouTube videos on what he was doing and how he was creating the product he was creating. And I just followed that and then continued to tweak it myself. And then started, you know, by then I was uh, part of a, about a five-man five crew who all had gardens. And we were growing our weed and, and blasting it into oil in medical days and taking it down to the Galaxy Market and having too much fun and partying. And that's where we met Monty. And the party continues on to now. So, I miss those days. So I know a little bit about weed. know a little bit about blowing oil. For sure. You want to do a dab real quick? Yes, I Nothing do. On temp? Yeah, we got it down to temp now. This was all, all the story time was just killing time to let the nail get back down to the temperature we needed. Sorry, folks. All right. I'm so good. what do we got? It's enjoyable to hear like the old days a little bit. It makes me nostalgic. Oh, man. Yeah, we so, definitely will get into more stories of the old school days as, as this podcast progresses. No doubt. You know, black market, gray market, med market, rec market. It's, it's been around. It has. So what do we... Uh, so we got the uh, the gems and juice. So we have those options. The gems and juice or the terp sugar. Um, I'm going to go with the terp sugar. That's so Let's good. get terpy. Yeah, it's a little little more tasty than Ooh, the, the gems and juice. Mm-hmm. Do you think that gems and juice is a bit stronger? But it's like, I think the flavor of the turf sugar is a bit more, bit more prominent. Yeah, gems and juice, definitely. Those gems, you get a good one in there, you're definitely going to be feeling it. Oh, yeah. And not to mention that, like, I think the turf sugar has just got a little bit more of that, uh, it's got a little more of the Miracle Alien cookie, like, sour to it. Like kind of a little more, um, kind of more, a little more gas there too. I'm gonna, I'm gonna swing this up. Nate going in. All right, here we go. Yeah. Mmm, it's uh, kind of lemony, like uh, 
like floor cleaner, pine saw, that lemon and pine taste. Mm. Smells good in the room. Yeah, I know. <laughs> now I'm getting a good cough. first i'm gonna be totally sent i feel i feel um, um mind if i live one up i don't know i'll throw it in there. Yeah. something about that first dab well he said he took one before he left but second dab of the day second dab of the day is always better i tell you what <laughs> yeah. no i mean it'll get you there it'll uh, the it'll, first one is always gonna be rough butter <laughs> Seattle glass uh, Sasquatch. It's just a tiny straight tube. Sitting uh, at what, nine inches or something? Right, probably. Oh, it's got rubble down stem and everything. Showerhead. Well, it's like they're, it's like they're, I don't know, it's kind of like a showerhead perk, but it's a little bit more, um, a little more custom than that. What do you call that? It's just a diffuser. It's just it? a, yeah, it's a diffused perk. It's got ball, it's got like holes in it, as opposed to like slots. Um, Special K kind of uses the, that style too. Special K goes for the uh, real shower head. This is um, actually the original one I had that was like this was from Roar DE. For those that don't know, when you say DE after Roar, you're referring to the original German glass Roar, not the local American glass Roar. And honestly, the Roar DE is so much nicer. Like if you've ever even held one of those pieces, you can understand why Roar tubes, you know, 10 years ago were... The pinnacle of glass that you know mothership has been the last two or three four or five whatever but uh yeah there was something to be said about a roar a real roar german piece they were the first ones doing like the really nice scientific borosilicate glass um it just felt like precision the glass and glass fittings were all excellent it, i don't know there was something special about those pieces see i didn't know there's a difference i wish i would have known what we were smoking on so Back in the day, like when did the U.S. versions come around? Probably, if I had to guess, like I could be way off. This is a total just shot in the dark when I started seeing like where, like when I remember you had to start paying attention was probably around 2010, oh, okay. 10, 11, I'll where start you had to start. USA, wasn't it? Okay. <coughs> so there was a lot of knockoffs and there was like a little bit of a way you could tell the knockoffs. Otherwise, it was kind of down to, um, yeah, I don't know. It was hard. It was hard. And roar that you could you could do a custom roar back in the day, and they would send it to you. I was just it was so nice. Anyways, I'm going in on this, uh, this little bong hit. So that uh, turf sugar is feeling dang good. Got a good body high off of it. Feeling my knees a lot. Lower back's feeling nice and tingly. 
I don't know if there's much CBD in it or anything, but it definitely hit my body real nice. Nice. Fun little smoking psychology for people out there. Um, it's a way to interpret people's body language by watching them smoke. If you see them blow their smoke downward, it's usually, uh, you can kind of note that they're in a less than positive mood, maybe a little bit down in general. Uh, usually a heavier vibe when you blow your smoke down compared to people who are feeling higher in life, really enjoy the hit, uh, really enjoying the time. They'll blow it straight up in the air. Uh, and the higher you see somebody blow the smoke, usually you can attribute to the better their attitude or their experience with it is. And I've, I read this and I've noticed it as uh, working. I worked in the market, like Nate said, for years. And uh, you dab a lot of people out and you can instantly tell whether they liked it or they didn't based on, and it could just be a good or bad day, but it was really fun to watch people blow it down or just straight up. And similar to when they talk about uh, it benefiting you, um, psychologically by smiling because it kind of tricks your brain into thinking that you're maybe more positive than you are because it's so well tied together to positivity blowing your smoke straight up in the air when you're having a shit day will make you feel better so nice. interesting for those out there. <clears throat> just when you say that it makes me visualize different happy things you know like i visualize like like basketball and like they're winning the game and like you're just like looking up like yeah you know mm -hmm, just right. like just like praising mm -hmm. and I totally can see that that's dope that's really cool I was recently just uh, scrolling through Roll BMC I haven't decided if I'm going to do a dab or do a bomb at first I'm going to do a dab that's what I'm going to do so I was scrolling through Roll BMC and this guy is uh, I, just, I was recently just turned on to him he rolls really really uh, classic style um, cigar I would say cigar style blunts he spends a lot of time making sure that his wraps and his rolls are like 100% almost traditional. Um, but he's using them for... I can move over there. Can I avoid this? Uh, that's TV. Yeah, you good? I think I'd avoid you then. Um, we got other cords in there. Oh, there's all kinds of other cords in there. But, anyway. um, but he also dropped some, uh, some knowledge on the fact that um, depending on how you taste your smoke, like uh, apparently if you keep your tongue closer down the, down the bottom of your mouth, push them against the back of your teeth. Um, you get a little inlet, I guess, allowing the smoke to pass over your tongue into the back of it. Allows you to taste more of the earthier, a little more bitter of the uh, tones in the smoke. And then as opposed to keeping your tongue, I guess, into the pathway of the smoke and allowing the to allowing that to hit there, you get a little more of the sweeter flavors. Hmm. And so you can practice with getting just different mouth shapes that even to basically hone in what kind of flavors you're going for in your smoke. And not to mention that the last blunt, the last blunt that he rolled had this weird top punch hole that allowed you, allowed the smoke to pass and, I guess, hit the roof of your mouth in a certain way. Hmm. Um, and basically creates this really cool, I guess, like cooling smoke effect, just the way that he rolled that specifically. Really? Um, roll so underscore BMC. <laughs> some really good stuff on Instagram. Not to mention that he also takes the time to, to talk about what he's rolling up. Like, not, not, not so much about, I guess, the weed inside, but the style that he rolled it up into. Um, because the way that these cigars are rolled, especially in Cuba and whatnot, that they're, they're very proprietary methods that are kept in-house and not let out. And so, like, people that actually get to go in and uh, learn these types of uh, old-school methods, it's, it's kind of new. It's kind of cool. It's cool. Not to mention, I don't know how he's learning. I don't see, any, I don't see anything uh, of his videos with, like, other... Uh, other people that he's rolling with or anything like that. So uh, his, his knowledge is pretty, uh, pretty close. 
We can uh, pull that out too, so you're not dabbing right on your face. I think we're good. I'll try that. A little bit of chirp sugar. Chirp sugar. So yeah, after the bong hit of the Mac, feeling much more at ease. That's good weed. What's that? Uh, what's the high like? I know that's one thing we didn't necessarily touch on too heavily with the wedding cake. Right now, it's kind of like fuzzy in the head, feeling in my head more than my body. Not that I don't feel it in my body. Um, it's definitely giving me that feeling like this made you feel a hair at ease. How would you think you'd feel if you pushed the limits? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like because I took a dab and not a bong hit, I just exactly what you're saying, but to the next level. Okay. You know? Yeah. Like, I feel like it's going to affect the way that I talk on the rest of the show. Okay. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm going to be like almost second guessing what I'm saying. Right. I don't know. It did give me a nice fucking... Nice high. That, oh, that does smell good. It smells like when you open up a Sprite. When you crack a Sprite, like the, the, dab, the smell of him blowing out the dab, it smells like when you crack open a Sprite and that, that sweet citrusy carbonation comes out. So Miracle Alien Cookies is uh, bred by a breeder named Capulator. Oh, bong down. Got it. Capulator Seeds did the uh, Miracle Alien Cookies. Are you saying Calculator? Capulator, like uh, Capio. Okay, Capulator. Capulator. Yep. Capulator. Uh, C-A-P-U-L-A-T-O-R. Capulator. Um, he's on Instagram as well. He's got seeds always coming out. But, uh, Miracle Alien Cookies is the full name. It's also called MAC, often, the abbreviation, obviously. It's a cross of alien cookies with a hybrid of Colombian and Starfighter. So, uh, no wonder it's so good. I mean, for one, Starfighter is one of the hashiest strains out there. It might not be like my favorite smoke, but it definitely produces a whole lot of resin. It's like a classic hash plant. And I think you got the that character to come out really well in this. Because when you see this weed, it is it looks damn near like a moon rock. I mean, it's completely covered in keef. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, you can hear it. Yeah, and it's, it's really dense, like, Super dense. It, it doesn't seem real. Like, I guess back in the day when I thought about what's going to happen when giant companies with tons and tons of money are going to be growing weed, it's probably just going to be like almost not even real crusty, like just so caked up with resin that it feels like plastic and such. And I think that's like what this is. Right. You know, and it's like, it's funny that it, it's Fat Panda too. <laughs> you know, like, nobody else has got it. It's like exactly what I expected when I thought all this was happening. I feel like I just saw, I think I saw on Oz Garden's um, Instagram that they, they got some growing. They, they probably do, yeah. Um, talking to the rep when she came through the shop, she mentioned uh, buying seeds through Capulator. And testing out a bunch of their gears, so it'll be interesting to see what's coming down from them because they grow a lot more connoisseur grade weed than uh, Panda, being a little more of a turn and burn. One thing that weirds me out about the Panda 
and a platinum line as well as a, there's other companies that do this just because you have a really good strain and you are growing it like if you can explain to me maybe that the yields are way less so yeah you have to charge more because the yields are so low but you still want to keep growing this weed otherwise like if you're just deciding that it's worth more because it's better or the people like it better that seems kind of shady yeah, it shady. It's, it's something. It's, it's, something si- it's sideways for sure. It's like it's yeah. not necessarily right. It's like it's like it, it costs the same to grow. Right. I feel like with lifted, they created the luxury line, but at least they like went through the work to try to do some crosses. It's not like they just decided, oh, well, wedding cake is so much better than the rest that now wedding cake is luxury, right. and, and the rest are just regular price. Right. And the wedding cake is still down, down, down the regular line, and the rest of it, yeah. what they what they've done in house with work and stuff like that, is going to be on their luxury line. Yeah, I do appreciate that. Right. So I'm just, I'm kind of trying to figure out like why Panda is this miracle alien cookies that you grow going to cost at, at least the shop where we were at, uh, 45 compared to your regular stuff at 35. It's just cause it's got more hype. Is it just, you know, it's like the platinum line really is good. And that's the reason we're talking about you, but it's kind of weird to me that you would have these two different, like, I, I guess I'm curious what, what is the actual difference other than this stuff's better because it's a better strain. And like, are you always going to make the better strains more expensive just because you can and you know people will pay more? Or is it really, are you putting more energy into it? Are you putting more work into it? It doesn't seem to appear like it's a different trim. It doesn't appear like it's a different grow method. It doesn't appear different in in a lot of ways other than just it's a really good cutting and you, you did execute well. But I just, it, it makes me wonder. And that's something that like kind of across the board when you see these A lines, B lines, I feel like if you were to give the consumer a little more idea why they're spending more, they would be able to jump in. Because it's like when you have, um, for instance, a cognac, a rum, you have different grades to it. You start out with like a VS, which is a very special, then you get into a very special old Pell, a VSOP or an XO, which is an extra old um these all have, depending on the type of spirit, a specific amount of time it should have sat in a barrel to give it that pedigree or whatever, that grade. Um, but with cannabis, it's just kind of like, oh, I decide it's worth X. Now that's what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That I feel like if they are doing extra gardening methods or paying extra attention to the platinum line, then that proves why I don't like the regular line. Because you're not giving right. it that extra attention that you're doing with the platinum line. Yeah. If that is the case of why you need to charge more, because you have more hands on, more eyes on, more uh, a higher grade of nutrients, whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. to justify that higher price point. Right. Then, almost like, why have you not just done that from the Again. start with all of your weed also? Right. Or be transparent with me. Like, tell me, like, hey, you know. This is, this is why we have to charge more because it's this, that, and the other. And I, I just, unless it's yields, it would really be, I, I just, I don't know. I can't imagine. Yields this. are the number one reason it should be, but. It should be. But other than that, it's hard for me to know what what's going on there. Oh, no, I'm just looking at it. Um, no, I think that one of the things uh, also get, this this conversation can kind of tie into is just the fact that uh, the industry is driven by numbers in a lot of ways. Um, and one of the things that I think a lot of, a lot, a lot of my customers fail to see is that, um, at least a lot of the ones that are driven by numbers, I should say, are basically, <coughs> THC is one <coughs> of this plant, 
um, that is made up of up to upwards of almost 200. We, we've, we've discovered almost over 200 cannabinoids. Yeah, I don't even know and what so, it is. I keep hearing 80, 120, Yeah, it's like whatever it is, 100, whatever right. it is. We might as well just say 420. That's why we say 420, because it's 420 cannabinoids. 710, we just got you know? a new number, you know? <laughs> All the oils get extra numbers. <laughs> extra. Oh. oh, there's cannabinoids you don't even get in regular weed that you get in concentrates. Oh, dude. <laughs> this is all kidding if you can't talk about the tone of our voice right going in on that dab yeah I am going in on that dab which one um, do you hit same terp sugar terp, terp sugar, sugar. That's so good I'm trying to maintain this level I feel that yep. what dabby's what, what Monty sorry what dabby what Monty's hitting on um, is a dynamic glass rig uh, find him on Instagram I think it's all one word or there might be an underscore between dynamic and glass I'll definitely put the uh all these uh, people were we're call, we're call, well, everybody we're talking about today. We'll put in our in our description. Yeah. But this is one of his first rigs. It's one of his uh, one like if you go through and you scroll all the way down to the bottom of his Instagram, you'll find you'll find this this rig amongst his first few posts. And uh, I got I, I got it from a buddy of mine for a pretty good deal, and I don't know I've loved it ever since. It's been it's been through hell. I've definitely almost broken it, but. Um, <coughs> Pretty cool. Oh, that's delicious. All right, so flavor. It's it's really creamy. It's got a lot of like evergreen. I get evergreen more than I get lemon, like pine, um, almost juniper. Uh, and it's strong. Like, granted, that's my first dab of the day, but like, that's some real deal. If mm -hmm. I had. Uh, some like obligations later I'd be nervous about how high <laughs> about how high I might get today that's, that's not kidding um, I love that it's definitely got a cookie backbone but it's not just another cookie like it's definitely earned its own right mm -hmm. I guess one thing that's cool about the Miracle Alien cookies compared to every other not every other crosses but a lot of the crosses today is like even the ice cream cake is excellent but it's just kind of rinsing back on flavors that have been popular for the last couple of years and right. not really tasting anything new. It's just kind of like flavors that I've enjoyed for the last couple of years that have been really hyped up. And I feel like with this, I don't know if it's the Columbia coming in and then like it's got enough cookies to keep me satisfied. Right. And Starfighter just makes it a ridiculously <clears throat> hashy stream. But whatever they did there, like that is a really good cross for something new. Like it's got this. It's got this funk, this sour funk about it. That just that with, with that with a little bit of that cookies flavor to it. That just make it. Uh, it you're right. Just sets it apart from the other from the other flavors that are on the market right now. Yeah, I definitely tasted that. Like like I said, pine salt where it's like, like you know, pine salt has just like like they squeeze just a few drops of lemon in it, mm -hmm. but it's all pine, you know. But that being said, it still maintains like but a certain what you said, creamy juniper, cookie. When you said juniper, then I really was like, oh wait, yeah. I taste that too almost like some gin that gin it does have that mm -hmm. kind of ginny yeah like a, if you if it, like a creamy gin kind of thing going like on like how there. sometimes gin does have a kind of a piney taste to mm -hmm. it I was like that that close and it's always very bright yeah. too so it's like it's got that it's got those those notes to it sure we're going on a bong hit of it Blood to go. Right. 
I like the terp sandwich. Terp sandwich. I don't have my. I don't have. I don't have one of those. Uh, we didn't grab one of those things. No. So eventually, we're gonna have to introduce the terp Sammy. <laughs> not today. We'll show you that. <clears throat> so uh, one of the other things we're doing on the on the podcast is trying to bring you guys some cannabis news. And, and one thing is, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but we're always saying cannabis and not marijuana. I don't know if you guys are aware of just the racist uh, history and the reasoning that it was ever called marijuana, but we really try to steer people into calling it cannabis and not marijuana any chance we get. But uh, so some some uh, good cannabis news around the around the nation is um, the first story I got here. I got it off the the uh, AP from uh, Honolulu, Hawaii, and this is great news for anybody who's like likes traveling to good old Pineapple State. They are now going to allow um, medical cards from all states uh, will be recognized in Hawaii. So if you have your medical card, all you'll need is your uh, medical card and ID. And what you have to do is you go online to, I'm not, I, it didn't say, or I don't remember because I'm a pothead, what, uh, when this actually starts, but you go onto the hawaiitravel.com website and you load up a picture of your medical card and your ID within 60 days of when you're going to travel to Hawaii. And then it lasts for 60 days from when you get there. You're allowed to buy up to um, four ounces at a time in Hawaii with your medical card. Wow. And that, and every two weeks. Oh, that's significant. That's, yeah. That's crazy. So you can buy, you know, two ounces a week in Hawaii and, you know, get your smoke on. Um, it does cost a little bit to, to register as an out-of-state smoke. You do have to pay forty nine fifty in order to do this. And uh, you're only allowed to do it twice a year. So really... You know, if you're going to Hawaii for more than four months a year, you just have to get your Hawaii medical card. But other than that, you can just go ahead and pay your 50 bucks each time and you're good for two months at a time. That's really cool. That's and, big. You know, that's, that's really big. Good. Especially for Hawaii being so, uh, you know, you would consider isolated. I know Hawaii's got some weed. And like, they're, oh, also yeah. known, they're also known for weed, too. Right. So um, that's that's big. Yeah, that's fun. I think, uh, if I remember correctly, I think they're the only second state behind Nevada that's like officially recognizing all states' medical cards. I know that there's individual stores in states that kind of let you slide or whatever, but not like it's a state official thing. Gotcha. We're going to a state website to register your card and pay the state 50 bucks. Uh, while I was researching this, something else I found out, New Mexico's looking into um, rec shops, but they're going to try to do it how Washington used to do liquor, where they're, they're all state-owned stores. And uh, they didn't really get into who would be providing, if it would be state-ran grows or whatever. But that's, that's something that New Mexico's looking into. And then uh, one other last story that I thought would be pretty interesting for everybody to hear was, and this is reported by Kathy McCormick, Kathy McCormick from the AP News at Concord, New Hampshire. The uh, New Hampshire Supreme Court has agreed with a worker that he should be reimbursed on his workers' comp for cannabis that he purchased that was recommended to him by a doctor to supplement opiate use. So the doctor recommended that he get some money so he doesn't have to take so many pills and that the job should have to reimburse him for buying that weed. Now, they cannot enforce 
their findings because that could uh, fall under federal laws, meaning that the company that bought him weed, which would be illegal because it's a uh, it's a company that has multiple federal or has multiple locations in multiple states. So even though they ruled that he should get the money, they cannot make them give him the money. But that's one step towards, you know, us realizing that the medical companies really should be paying for our cannabis when uh, it is definitely under a medical need. Right, certainly. <clears throat> one, of my, one of my customers came in the other day, and he was talking to me about, uh, it's, it's such a loose rumor that I feel like, that, like I, really need, I really need more information. But basically, he, was, he heard that if you, if, you, if you can get in touch with the Brusa processor, uh, about specific medical needs that they could get a direct rate or something like that. Or at least, uh, I say a direct rate or maybe like a specific... Um, Boy, I would do some oh, like, research. Like, not, let, me, let me say a direct rate because the way I understand this is basically he, maybe we could buy it for a specific price and offer it to him at a specific price um, based off of a, 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 very, a very detailed medical need um, that he'd have to go through the legwork to get done. That's the way I understand that, understand that at least. Huh. What makes me wonder is it's really hard for somebody who's not in the industry to reach out to these companies outside of like social media. Agree, but one, my my big thing too is that it's already illegal for us to offer any discount that's not that's not allowed for everybody. Right, we can't give a discount to somebody that's not allowed for everybody. So um, that's kind of a thing that also is like maybe it's a gray area, you know, uh, just because of, super, of 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 the fact that we have still have medical we have a medical market that's you know, loosely integrated into this recreational one. Right. Um, maybe there's something about that. Um, maybe he's talking about that specifically and just doesn't necessarily understand what he, what, what, what it is. Uh, he, he needs to, he, he, what, what kind of questions he has, he's asking, you know, fair enough. But I do think that that, that could be, that could be kind of cool. That could be a cool, like, uh, if there's, if there's a way for that to be done in our, in our, in our, within our, within our policy, you know, it allows that, that medical market to still be a little bit of a thriving thing. It allows uh, recreational stores to kind of somewhat be a medical source for these people. That that seemed a little bit more um, legit, but at the same time, I think that's the way the medical market is supposed to be integrated already. Right. So it's like, where's the medical weed? Yeah, it's been really hard for true medical patients to get the kind of stuff they need, it seems. I mean, like, clearly there's products available, but... For the folks that used to be able to get, you know, 100 milligram per edible uh, dills and like way better prices. So now they're, they're hurting. Yeah, it sounds. Yeah, I mean, I know there still are, there still are a couple of stores that, that definitely made sure that they were going to be able to sell up or integrate that medical, uh, um, <clears throat> medical part into their, their, their business, but from what I understand about that, it's just it, you're, all you're doing is eliminating the uh, the necessity to pay the sales tax, or it's like, or it's just a less version of that tax. You only yeah. instead of paying the whole forty seven, you have to pay the, like basically thirty three. You get ten percent off. You get ten percent off. You get you can buy up to three ounces of weed. Like it's it's kind of like triple the quantity at a time as you're allowed to purchase and have on you. Gotcha. If you have your medical card, so that's something. Um, you're also allowed to grow up to a certain amount of plants. I think it's only eight. Yeah. Well, could be wrong. Um, and you, and it's interesting too, like you can do a collective garden, but you have to have it certified. 
groups and it, and it actually has to have all the people that are on the collective. I think it's up to 45 plants and every person that's part of the collective to get you up to that 45 plants has to have hands on in the garden. They can't just, you can't be growing for somebody. So if, if people do want to band up together with medical cards in this state, I believe they still can, at least that was how it was written originally, but there is a ton of loophole, like the hoops you got to jump through and, and, and stuff like that. So it's not necessarily easy, but then again, we live in Washington state. Yeah. Washington state has made some of the most rigorous rules. I mean, I think partly why they did it was they were trying to make the most, the, the more they regulated it, the better off they probably were when it came to the feds coming down on them. But yeah. And being like one of the first two to do it with Colorado, I feel like they were kind of scared. So they really made it strict here. And um, when you see, yeah, it'll slowly change. And I think we'll have to, to keep this market alive. Cause just, if you know anything about the back end, the way that the LCCB and the state thought that cannabis was going to go, they were expecting like five to $6 a gram for the producer processor um and that just didn't happen because the market only the market is going to pay what the market's going to pay and with companies doing the mass production it's a race to the bottom and what you realize is as a producer processor you're really only ever going to get about 354 bucks a gram most often and uh you know you're you got to package it you got to test it you know it's like just to get the cannabis uh test results it's like 150 bucks per every five pounds you sell you know, and it's just like that that stacks up that's just a lot of money and like yeah, you know, nutrients about, energy you know, dropping ice, 150, 150 mm-hmm. pounds per crop for some places you know what i mean and every five pounds you're paying 100 bucks just for the testing just for the testing yeah just get the number and like these are necessary things but state regulated mandate mandatory testing yeah it's so and i mean i'm not saying i don't want the test there um, but it just gets really expensive when, you know, the, I don't know, it, it, when you set up your company in a model where it was supposed to be five to $6 a gram. Right. And now you have to try to figure out how to survive on $3 a gram. Right. So mm-hmm. you, you're taking your income and cut it in half or your, you know, your, your potential. It's just, so that that's made this really rough. And then you've got stuff like Oregon where they didn't have any limits on how much cannabis they could grow. So now they're just up to their necks in it and they don't know what to do with it and it's kind of cool to in my eyes because you're going to see like it becomes a hell of a lot more like a commodity and the only producers that are really going to matter anymore are the just best of the best indoor people and they're still going to have to go low ball on their prices right so it's it's going to be interesting to see it but it does suck on a producer's standpoint because it's like man what's the point of trying to grow the dank if it's not really worth it. It's like at the end of the day, you still have to be able to feed your families. Like right. If people can't make a living, what are they doing it for? It's like your passion can only take you so far. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, I think that the this state needs to re-equate how they're doing this. The taxes need to get, <clears throat> get adjusted. Or, or even, even some more transparency as to where the money is going. Right. They still don't know. I mean, I, I, I guess I, I like speculatively I've seen like road work a lot more road work being taken place right. I think that the, the the light rail that's happening is one of the big things a lot of the money might be going towards but the fact that we don't have the transparency yeah, to prove it there, the, the point the point is there's so much money right. that there is so much that could be done 
that we're not that there's not enough to show for it. Right, and they're constantly talking about more tolls here and there. It's like what tolls like like yeah, the new road that they're building. I don't remember like uh, I remember Wings and yeah. <laughs> not even talking about. Finna spark up this blunt now. Yep, I'm going for it. Sending it. <coughs> I like this lighter quite a bit, by the way. Me too. And actually, I think it holds about a good like a uh, day and a half of. You know what this would do good? Cold start dabs. Cold start dabs. I think it's actually gonna get. Think Are I you want to get off? Are you on it? Yeah, I think so. I use my butt triple beam to keep my cold start dabs rocking. Because you, you you started with the torch, right? And then you just got this. And you just like, get a little spot check here. <laughs> so, Cam, what's your um, cannabis history? I have, uh, I guess, you know, I've only really been smoking weed since the legalization in Washington State in 2014. I got out of the Navy late 2014. That's whenever I really started smoking. How um, I was 23, late 23. No, I guess that'd be early 23. Nice. Um, but yeah, I've uh, just kind of like most things in my life. If I really, if I really enjoy it, I kind of go all in. Um, it's one of those things where, especially with the amount of holistic and healthy options when it comes to weed um, and cannabis in general, I just think that that there's. I don't know. It intrigues me, and I like the history, and I think that it was one of those things that unfortunately got the bad rap and the bastardization from a lot of different uh, officials and whatnot. And I think that, uh, personally, a lot of people could benefit from even just, you know, knowing a little bit about this plant in a true, uh, in a true source, uh, as opposed to, like, just, you know, this filtered one. I don't know. I, I, I've been smoking weed now since uh, 2014, and I guess... I've been in the recreational industry for about three years now. Um, I've been in a couple of stores and I feel like that the uh, level of information that I've been having to represent in these couple of stores uh, is one is one of the higher tiers in, in our in our you know in industry here. Right. Uh, being at Cushman's and I also worked at High Society down in Everett on Broadway. Right. Um, and just these were just very craft kind of stores where like we we're we don't have a high volume of employees, so all of our employees are very um, honed into all of our products. We all know everything about them um, and can just be a very good source of knowledge. And so with that, I'm learning a whole lot about the uh, the, the recreational industry in a, in a whole. Um, and uh, I feel like it's one of those things that, I don't know, I've got a lot of information when it, when it comes to that kind of stuff. And smoking <laughs> experience, I feel like I've been able to, being involved in the industry, honed into a lot of different flavors and a lot of different uh, things that are out there that um, I've enjoyed as well. Ooh, man, cool. this is a good blunt. Yeah, I've been <laughs> wanting to say that. <laughs> Holy shit. Like, the whole time Cam was talking, Monty was hitting the blunt, and every time he hit it, he just would look at it and shake his head no. Like, God damn, what are you doing to me, man? That is the truth. That is like, that's when you know the weed's good, when you got to take a back, just hold it out and look at it for half a second after you hit it. Oh man, yeah. you're blowing it out. <laughs> yeah, it's been over here. This is that thing is great. Mm-hmm. That's great. I rolled a, a little bit bigger than I normally do, but this weed is really resinous, and I think you, a, a little bit wider bore uh, is going to help from it getting clogged with resin as it smokes down. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, that happens a lot. I tend to roll my blunts without a crutch. I know a lot of people like to do a crutch, and a joint a crutch is the way to go. But with a blunt, I kind of like it to be weed all the way to the mouthpiece. I feel like 
you know, I, I like smoking cigars sometimes too, and it's more akin to that. Um, the, I like the way that, uh, so when I drag on a blunt in a joint, uh, rather than like a vape pen or a bong hit where you're breathing it straight into your lungs, I like to completely fill my mouth with smoke and then take that smoke back. And, I, and that gives the, because it's pretty hot when you're smoking a, a joint or a blunt. So if you let it sit in your mouth even for two or three seconds and then take it back with a fresh blast of air in one pocket, I find that the it not only it, it, it cools it off, you get more flavor. You also don't run the blunt. You don't put runs on it and have it burn yeah. crooked. And it'll last longer. Um, I also find when you're smoking a blunt, one, one tip I try to tell people is keep the cherry as small as possible. Yes. The smaller you can keep the cherry, the better not only the flavor because you got less heat going into it. Also, it'll it'll last way longer. You know, and with something, yeah. when you're smoking these serious smokes, there's no reason to take these giant, like I tell people all the time, I'd rather you take four or five hits off the blunt and, and just like take your time and enjoy it, keep that cherry small, taste it. But these guys that are like, just do these one huge hit, they put a huge run on your blunt, they yeah, make they're a like cherry going, a mile long. Like whenever you hear somebody doing this on your blunt or joint, you know that bitch is running. Yeah. <laughs> you know it is. <laughs> or there's a worst or best case scenario you got a giant cherry on it now right and this giant cherry and like um one thing i've noticed too is sometimes people are uh they're trying to be like it's it sucks because they're trying to be as um respectful as possible in a sense of like let's say you got five people uh, in a circle outside somewhere at a bar or whatever and everybody really just wants to get a hit and then get it to the next person because they want to ensure that everybody gets some but in doing that, it's like they start this rotation that goes so damn fast that it's like it's like everybody just takes this one huge hit, runs the bitch, passes the next person like, here, get some, it's still going. Like, you know? yeah. And then the next person's like, oh, fuck, you're right. And then they do that, and all of a sudden you got fucking five people that are hitting it like they, they're about like to run out of time. Yeah. yeah, like there's a meteor coming, and this is the last one you get. Yep. This is what we used to say. Don't chief on my shit when we heard people hitting it hard like that. Hey, man, don't chief on my shit. And then the other thing we would say when you hand it to somebody, smoke it like it's your own. Hey, That's what we used to I say. Like hey, that. smoke it like it's your own. And then that way they kind of like, oh, oh, okay. And they kind of relax on it. And then they do exactly like you're saying. That's wild. Yeah. yeah, see, those are good terms. I've never heard that. I like that. I like that a lot. Don't chief my shit and treat it like it's your own. That's yeah. dope. Actually, uh, a couple nights ago, it was really nice. My, uh, friend came over she needs some company and she actually helped me out and bought me a bag of cat food it's really nice of her but we hung out after i got off of work um and she was getting over a cold and i got a new job i really don't want to get sick so i just rolled her up her own blunt so we just went on the stoop and we each had our own blunts smoking it was funny how much longer the two lasted you know like Oh yeah. Do you you're Talk sitting on your own? Minutes down yeah, there. we're just sitting out there like like old people, like with cigars or something, just chomping them down. Oh, oh man, lovely. they weren't even giant blunts. Like that is lovely. I was kind of thinking like this might this might be the way now. Like let's all just roll our own and just like sit here like a bunch of gentlemen. Yeah, yeah that could be cool. I'm down. What's it? Um, get the blunt spins. Though. I really wanna. I really wanna start rolling. Like I'm really inspired. I guess by roll BMCs stuff. What is it? Roll BMC? Yeah. Mike, Bravo, Mike, Charlie. 
Yeah, so it's it's on Instagram. It's it's roll R O L L underscore B M C. And if you check him out, he's one of the better blunt rollers out there as far as doing a really classic cigar style. Like I know there's guys like Weavers and such that are doing just these ridiculous pieces where it's like you know anything from a microphone to a full size AK forty seven or a giant champagne bottle. And like yeah. I respect that as a craft, and it's it's elaborate and it's super talented. However, as a smoking standpoint and just wanting to be on kind of a, on a high end, like a luxury tip or, a, you know, a, like a gentleman style, like smoke, right. the Roll BMC is killing the game because he's taking, like you said, these old style cigars that are coming from places like Cuba where these things are secrets um, and he's replicating them and he's doing a really bang up job. Like he's killing the game. Um, so... Yeah, check him out, and and I. Uh, so speaking on that, I um, I'll give you a little. I don't know if I've I've kind of told you about this, but when I used to work as a uh, uh, trimmer in the medical spot, I we had so much of the bottoms of the plants that were too small to waste the time to hang them on the hang lines. You only have so much room, and like when you have huge gardens, there's a lot of excess. Um, and they just didn't have the time, space, or energy to cure it out or do anything with it. So it would just get it thrown away. So I would often take this stuff and bring it home. And I've cured weed before, so I'd cure it out. And it was what we in the industry called LARF, L-A-R-F, or light, airy, really fluffy. Uh, and it was just a bunch of LARF. <clears throat> but uh, I dried it out, and it still was decent. But what I would do was, you can't really, like, selling LARF to people is kind of a waste of everyone's time um, yep. and you could make oil out of it but at this point in the industry the oil that was available was higher quality than i could produce because i'm just you know like i don't have a, a vacuum oven i don't have a closed loop system da, 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 da. it's dangerous at this point i don't need open sparks and, and like loose butane so what i ended up doing to uh, kind of monetize this excess was cure it out grind it up and roll craft blunts. And when I thought about it, I'm like, I don't want to be putting, you know, spit on blunts I'm going to sell. So I need to figure out how to roll up a blunt with uh, some cigar glue. And so I did, I, I got um, cigar glue, which is like a powder. It's like a guar gum. You emulsify it in water. And I watched tons of cigar rolling videos to try to get kind of an idea of how to roll a uh, cannabis cigar. And the problem was, <clears throat> figuring it out because like when you roll a traditional cigar traditional cigar has three or more like fillers and uh you kind of just bunch them up and then you wrap them in a uh your like first wrapper or your binder which is what they call it and the binder leaf kind of holds it together you know right. it just makes like a strong yeah, i know that leaf you're talking about underneath <clears throat> uh -huh. the, the nice looking leaf the yeah. nice one which is the wrapper leaf and they're all different uh it's, you know, it's like a formula. Yeah, and they're all different uh, smokes and, you know, flavor profiles, and they have to be, like, you know, perfect tension throughout the thing. Right, so it smokes smoke properly. It doesn't Yeah, run. but when you have that many layers to deal with, it's a lot easier to get a, a quality smoke compared to if you were to do a binder of tobacco and a wrapper on weed. Yeah, it'd make it really easy to, to roll, but at the same time, you're going to be smoking way more tobacco than yeah, you want. Too yeah. much tobacco. And then the other thing was I had to try to figure out how to do it without, like, I didn't want to be smoking the glue. 
So I didn't want to do it like a traditional blunt where you're just from one end to the other. So what I ended up doing was like a kind of a spiral form. And I would spiral it from the top of the of the uh, weed to the bottom and then just glue it at the mouthpiece. Oh, yeah. They use uh, mm-hmm. a tree resin in traditional methods. Yeah, that's what like, the guar gum, I think, is just a... Mm-hmm. And they just like have this like bowl and they just dip it into and they just rub it on there and just mm. roll it up. Yeah, I've never seen that. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of videos on, on YouTube for sure that are super use, interesting. Uh, you can use pectin. Like if you just go to the store and get standard pectin for jarring, Ooh. that's a really common uh, hmm. yeah, I've seen that. cigar glue. I didn't but, know that you use that. Um, I'd be scared to smoke it, I feel the gum, like. Gum arabic is like really popular. You could probably even just use like even just uh, you know sugar. Like you just cook down some sugar. I don't know if sugar would... I mean, yeah. you know, it would work, but like you don't really, yeah. It's it's not like, but like I'm thinking. Back in the day with my cousin, we used to put honey on the joint and then put it in the oven and bake it into the weed, and it would be super sweet. I can't imagine it just being good, but it's ma- good for you as much as it just be tasting good. But it's like I don't know, like I don't, I, I wouldn't, I, I'd still do it. So try it out. So checking in on how I feel. This is still more of a head high than it is a body high, but I'm so. I know that yeah, it's damn near equal. <laughs> uh, I don't think I've ever pushed the limits this hard on the Miracle Alien cookies. The other day I did do a Terp Sammy. When I say Terp Sammy, I guess I should explain. Uh, if you've ever oh, we're going to show them they got to stay tuned for episode three. Uh-oh, okay, okay. So I had a Terp Sammy the other day of nothing but Miracle Yeah, Alien tune into episode three for the Terp Sammy. <laughs> um, and that, that really did kind of push the limits. But the thing was, I was already high before that. I was smoking, you know. Right. all kinds of stuff that was like a nightcap so who knows you know where where i was then but yeah this is fun to just be a miracle alien cookie dough like yeah. yeah i definitely feel it in my legs right <clears throat> especially after this front toast like now it's a mixture of like the fucking nicotine and the weed almost mm-hmm. like a coffee feel in my body yeah definitely just did a big stretch in my whole back popped you know i felt nice. like all my vertebrae just <laughs> same here Monty, what about you? What are, what's your uh, what's your background in our in our industry? Oh man! All right, <clears throat> big breath here. <clears throat> so, uh, like I kind of mentioned in the first podcast, I grew up kind of believing the bastardization of cannabis, based on kind of the you know propaganda of dare and this and that and just the general propaganda around cannabis in general so um it wasn't until actually in high school i had never you know smoked or anything but in high school i had to do a project of my choice in like a current events type class my senior year how old senior year senior year uh i was probably like 17 almost 18 so up until this point weed's kind of vilified in your mind still yeah, but until, not as much. Not as much you're now. Still, yeah, not as much now. And like in other places besides at home, where you think it's right. You now by this time, I've watched enough like goofy movies and silly this. Like I can tell, like there's no goofy fun movies about heroin. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen I've seen yeah. the movies about heroin. That's just still for a dream. I mean, yeah. <laughs> way different. So by this time, like now you watch like How High or Scary Movie or any of this, you're like, okay, this is yeah. this is not you know, Cheech and Chung are actually pretty fun. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So 
And it was funny too, because I was like a metalhead and I always just wore like grungy hoodies, you know, with metal shirts and stuff. And like, I remember just walking to the, like at the grocery store and people would look out their window and give me the like, joint press their lip signal, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, stoner. Yeah, stoner. yeah, and I'm just like, man, fuck you, dude. Like, I'm, you know, like. Straight this, edge over here. Yeah, at this point, really like all weed was was like, when your mom doesn't give you allowance, but you can still smell weed in the house, you're like, bitch, why do I not get an allowance when you're still smoking? You know what I mean? Like, we're not that broke. Um, so that was kind of at that point. And uh, so he says, you know, uh, really cool teacher, actually, current event dude, um, Jamusis, Mr. Jamusis. He, uh, he has us do a current event, and I chose cannabis. Uh, you know, like, he, he wanted to do different sides of the thing and argue all points. So... Uh, legalization decriminalization and prohibition what we had and i and at that point i didn't call it prohibition it was just like you know like illegal or whatever like standard you know like drug war shit and uh went to the library and started doing my research and couldn't find anything really decent to put on the argument against weed because like I'd find you'd find a little bit of research like okay cannabis kills brain cells, and then you'd start digging into it and, it, and like realize that that's an old study where they asphyxiated apes to the point of brain cells dying, but it was the asphyxiation that was causing it like a lack of oxygen. You're gonna lose brain right. cells. It had n- nothing to do with the cannabis use. So it's just like that kind of stuff. And then like um, you know. Uh, smoking joints is gonna burn your esophagus because it's so much hotter. Smoke. It's like. Yeah, if you smoke it like a fucking clown, like we were just talking about, like hold it in your mouth for two seconds, I guarantee it's not going to be that hot. You know, like, you know the difference. (laughs) Um, So those kind of things um, were really like getting me like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And it was the first time I, it's like, it's like waking up to your first big conspiracy. All of a sudden I was hooked. Like, you're telling me this shit's not even dangerous at all. It's benign. And I just couldn't stop researching. And then you got the, like, and it, this was in, two, so I graduated oh, in 05. Okay. So this is in, two, like, you know, 2005, basically. Right. Uh, and I'm, I'm stuck just, like, getting fascinated with this to the point where I stopped going to my other classes and just hanging out in the library at school, reading about weed on the internet. <laughs> yeah, stuck on it. <laughs> Never even tried it. Fascinated reading about it. And ditching classes for it, you know what I mean? Right, like, not to smoke not, it, not just smoke to, it, just to learn yeah, it. just to learn it. And, <laughs> yeah, and uh, I even remember seeing. Um, I like found a website that was just selling like goofy trinkets and this and that. And I remember seeing the honeybee extractor, which was like what yeah. they called a space age plastic tube. Yeah, really and, and I was just that. like, what the fuck in this? What is what is this plastic tube going to give you honey from? Right. What the hell are you talking about? So then I go to YouTube, look up this honeybee extractor, and there's a hippie woman in the woods spraying butane through a plastic tube and it's just squirting out like you know liquid butane laden with golden oil and i'm like this is crazy i remember hitting my buddy on the shoulder and sitting there to be like dude dude look look we gotta and do you this still hadn't smoked weed at that i point? still hadn't smoked weed <laughs> you knew how to make bho before you even smoked weed that's yeah. so crazy yeah and that's like seven years before i even knew what it was yeah this is yeah i was before like my head in, in high school right yeah. so um it's like 90s and i remember being like dude this summer I, I want to try weed, you know, and I was even gonna. I'm waiting until after my senior year, you know what I mean. Right. I wasn't even gonna like yeah. two months from now, bro. We're gonna try some of this thing they call weed, man. <laughs> yeah. I've been reading all about it. It's not that bad. It's not <laughs> that bad at all. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing 
another couple months worth of research just to double check. But I think we're going to smoke this shit. Right? I'll tell you right now, I got a notepad and everything. We got a style. It's going to be good. So, uh, lo and behold, they did a great project, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Failed all my other classes, got an A in this one. Yeah. <laughs> basically. Basically. Um, I'm sure nobody else could understand really why. Like, he'd like, it's like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it at all. Right. And it, it was so funny, too. Um, well, anyway, so I first tried it. I remember it was uh, it was that 4th of July, but it was it was way later. And I remember I found a piece of weed on the floor at home. Like my mom must have dropped it. I was like, I wonder if that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> and it was. It was like it was like a half a bowl. What I, you know, it'd be like finding this much weed. Yeah. Right. And uh, but of like some serious fucking dank because my our old oh, family shit. friend just always grew the just ridiculous ghosts. And uh, so I remember like stashing that and like I brought it out to my homie when he came over because he had smoked weed and like everything you know. And I was like, is this enough? He's like. Yep. <laughs> and I remember like uh, yeah it was, it was after we like and, I, and at that point too my biggest high was being a pyro like I was just not, and not like I wanted to burn shit down but like I loved explosives and shit like that like right. that was dope like fucking making cool shit and, but like so the 4th of July was like I was high on life already <laughs> you know what I mean so like to come home after that and it was like it was like we were up late and I think it was like 5 in the morning so it was actually the 6th or the 5th of July really right. But, uh, yeah, I remember smoking that and um, laying in my bed. And I think I'm pretty sure I threw, like, a Pink Floyd like, something, record on. Something like that. Yeah, some like, like, metal, the album, M-E-D-D-L-E. Great right. album. It's got echoes. Like, the whole second side was echoes. So I think I just put echoes on. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I was like, this is cool. <laughs> you know, like, this is dope. I've been smoking ever since. I've not, yeah. like... The only time I've taken breaks is obligated. Right. That's crazy. <clears throat> yeah, I, I would have to say that my first time smoking weed was, uh, about, about, I, was I think I was 17, right before I turned 18. So right before I joined the Navy. Right. Yeah. I Up until this point, I would say, yeah, weed was pretty criminalized for me. I didn't even do the research or anything like that. Like, <laughs> at this point, like one of my, like I was just sitting at my buddy's house and uh, I overheard like, hey, we're going to go out the back. I was like, what's going on back? And it was like, we got some weed. I was like, what is this weed? <laughs> and he's like, well, I don't know. I was like, I didn't even get to look at it. I just knew that it wasn't good. Right. <laughs> this is illegal. I did not, not, not even illegal or anything like that. It was just like, it was, I didn't get to look oh, at it. Like, it was like, I just knew that it wasn't good, good quality at okay, all. I was like, I didn't get to look at it. Like, I just knew it wasn't good weed at all. And we made it out of this tin foil pipe. It was oh, the fucking don't worst. Don't foil, by the way. Don't Bad do it. You. Yeah, just, just. Alzheimer's. Yeah, honestly, just go just go to a smoke shop and spend five bucks. Yeah, yeah. just just don't do it. Um, but yeah, I got high. I got I would say I got high, minimally. It was kind minimally. of fun. I definitely got a little spacey and stuff like that. I was really goofy, laughy and stuff like that. Not until the second time I got high. Second time I got high though, I was uh, I smoked out of a bong, a little plastic acrylic bong. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend smoking out of those either. But <laughs> that, was, that was just my introduction to weed. So then, like, uh, oh, dude. About 2008, I started, maybe even earlier, what I realized was you can buy an ounce a week if you're making good money, and that's cool, but what's even cooler is you can buy four ounces a week, sell three of them, and the ounce you smoke is now free. Right. Yeah, so I got on that game pretty quick, 
wasn't even trying to. It's just like had like a really good hookup that a lot of people couldn't deal with. And he was he was kind of, you know, back in the day, they are like your dealer is on his time. <laughs> and he was one of the coolest dudes, but he was on his time as fuck. And like you have to chill with him. And he was fun for me to kick it with because he's a cool ass dude. And I love smoking weed. He gets you higher than anybody else I knew because he'd start pulling out like Keith and this and that. And, like if you were one of the people that could hang, he would just start loading you down. Pretty soon he's like, you know, it's cheaper if you buy more and you totally, you know, help me get through some of this. And he always had two different grades. So I get like some of the good and some of the super good and um, sold weed for a long time. <clears throat> and then eventually uh, quit is my this, job. Is this in Washington or California? This is here. No, okay. I, in California, I moved out of there when I was a freshman. Yeah, okay. freshman that's years. what I can remember. Yeah. No, so this was all here. And uh, like, so 2000, like seven, eight started selling weed. Um, and then wanted to grow weed. So I set up a tent and started growing weed, bought a bunch of seeds from Europe, um, from like well-researched, like reputable breeders. That's why I was like still stuck on research, like hyper on books, on the internet, just ridiculous. And then I, uh, I started growing and I only had like a two by four tent and I ended up like just stopped quit my job work just on that weed and did that for three years just growing weed in my fucking closet basically uh that led to eventually like it's it's really hard to get that much money out of that so i started a real job and started cooking met a dude in the kitchen who was trimming medically and helping in the gardens he eventually got me a spot trimming um they realized my like deep weed knowledge and offered me the position working in their booth at the market and that's where i met you uh, worked yep. at weed market for like a few years. Um, actually had like multiple booths across a few different, uh, cannabis markets in the area. And then, uh, the whole medical scene went under. So that went away. I started doing, um, like a trim contractor crew for multiple rec places where you were not just trimming, but, uh, trimming packaging, you name it, any kind of bulk work. Uh, started doing that all up and down uh, the greater Seattle area from Arlington to Auburn and eventually lining myself a spot in the back of house on one of those places um, so yeah then I became a got a bud tender job after that went away yeah so I've been in the weed industry for a while now pretty much been doing it all steady. yeah that's how you have so much knowledge on the testing and all that stuff mm-hmm. yeah, yeah I love that part yeah I've got a lot of I don't know much of that part yeah, I've got my experience on the retail side. Yeah. Fun fact about testing is that I don't know if a lot of people realize when they see the cannabis numbers on their jar, what you're looking at is the five grams that the company sends to the lab to represent five pounds of weed. So it's not what is actually in your jar. It's more like a little representation of the cannabis that they could produce from that specific batch and that batch or lot what they call it is a five pound you know section and uh i would assume the idea most people because thc drives the market in so many ways uh i would assume people are going to choose the pieces of cannabis they assume are going to have the highest numbers and i don't know i think that just should be taken into account when you're shopping because it's hard to uh I don't know. It's hard to explain that to people. Sometimes they think it's exactly what's in their jar. Right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Would you, uh, can we go over actually the, uh, 
the information that's on the back of the jars, just real quick. I can go over it to the best of my knowledge. Some of these numbers even confuse me sometimes. No, I get you. I've They're, tried to look up what, um, like I've seen a 502 cannabinoid total. I have no idea what the hell that means. Um, compared to THC total and THCA, you also have that number. But I think that's considered total cannabinoids. And I don't know why they're different. That's what I'm saying. There's a uh, certain conversion rate whenever THCA is burned. They can no, decar- they can but decar- it's higher than total right? THC and THCA. The total, the T- 502 total is lower. Than THCA, THCA, but higher than THC. THC total. So, yeah. I think that there's still, because the THCA is higher than the THC. Okay, so specifically on our jar, so the THCA is 25.4%, and then the THC is 22.7%. So the total cannabinoids are uh, 23%. There is a, I, I don't know the exact conversion, but it's, it's like one point something. I think it's 1.38 or something like that percent that they're trying to take into, into effect whenever the THCA is burned. You lose a little bit of efficiency of that. So then that, it gets put it, when they... So they're up, trying to tell you that so that's the consumed amount? Basically, yeah. So the, 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 ratio, the ratio, whatever you like, whenever you, oh, not ratio, what is it? The um, <clears throat> average. The average of those two numbers. These percentages are percentage. by weight. But I don't, yeah, the numbers to me are, are very obscure. Um, but they're testing for uh, THC. They're testing for CBD. They're testing for um, CBDA and THCA majority of the time. Um, those are specific cannabinoids that are found in the plant. Again, those are only four um, of the potential known they uh panda also is testing out the terps terps um are basically flavonoids of the plant terpenes terpenes, yeah, terpenes they do add to the the uh the high i think terpenes kind of do lead to uh help add to the indica and sativa mm-hmm. this or the high especially when in combination with different cannabinoids right just kind of have that extra support or you know an influence just basically on based on their uh, uh, biochemistry in our body too so um, if you're familiar with aromatherapy a lot of the same um i don't know if it's science or homeopathy or what actual it is but a lot of the thought that is based on that is the same ter- so that is based on terpenes um, uh, Aromatherapy. Aromatherapy is based on terpenes. Well, even specifically plants, like even lavender itself, a lavender plant, um, has has that terpene to it. Yeah, so what it is, terpenes are the chemical that give a plant its its smell, taste, and basic essence. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And what's so cool and crazy is that uh, cannabis just exhibits all of those things of every plant. It's, it's, it's just this big melting pot of all of those different types of things. And it's for the same reason why there's so many cannabinoids. Um, and it's kind of cool like that. I think that's one of the reasons why it's just considered to be one of those like alien plants. Right. You know, it's got, it's just crazy. Uh, what's even crazier is that they don't, that the regulation of putting the harvest state is no longer uh, yeah. a thing. I'm not happy with that. Me neither. Shout out to all the companies that are still fucking doing it, man. Like, yeah. If you are still putting Keep your harvest date on there and you don't have to, thank you. Because yeah, it really leads to your integrity. Yeah, super leads to integrity. Because it's, I mean, like, it doesn't mean everything. I was just talking about last time. Like, again, we're smoking weed that was harvested on 1030. So it's, just, it's a day before a lot of the weed we were smoking last time. And it's 
phenomenal smoke. It, it really is. You know, it's like, and that's it. It's like, what were we talking about? Three month cure, whatever, right. four month cure. And I got it in a glass jar too, so I'm not even mad. Yeah, so it's <clears> just <throat> like, it's still really good, but if you don't have a harvest date at all, then then how do we even trust? I don't know. Well, so, okay, for like example, I bought, so it's cool the cold smoke still does it. <laughs> Um, because I bought some uh, dabs from last year oh, yeah? of 2017. Oh, jeez. It's over a year old, I, I should say. That is old. I straight up, I mean, the let's Which not, is it? let, it's the uh, Kim cookies. But let's not say that it's not bad. It's still a good quality. I don't right. think necessarily the BHO. Especially or, once you get it in the concentrated, it lasts a lot longer. True. BHO does last quite a bit longer. I'm not necessarily as worried about that specifically, but it's the it's the quality assurance of why are we selling a year and a, almost a year and a half of weed? Yeah. Why Why is this a thing? Um, but, I mean, cool enough, they put the, they put the day on there, so their integrity is still intact. I know what I, I didn't know exactly what I was getting when I, when I purchased it. It was kind of an after-the-fact thing. Right. Um, but it's it, uh, like I'm not mad about the smoke. The smoke is still good. It's just one of those things that makes me question the the integrity of the company for like why are you keeping this for this yeah, long? How has it been around so long? Right. How much of it did you have? Why didn't it sell? I mean, obviously, I mean, I, maybe maybe it wasn't a time for terp sugar back then. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think back in 2017. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, that totally is true. That's rough though. It is rough. All right, so yeah, I think actually we can probably call it. Actually, honestly, call this, thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in. This has been a uh, episode two of Twist and Talk. I think you've gotten to know us a little bit more. That's really awesome. Got to go over this Mac. I think thoroughly. Do you guys want to touch on what say, yeah, what yeah, what, what you're feeling right now? I'm pretty high. I'm sweating. Sweating. <laughs> that blunt got me sweating. <laughs> nicotine. I'm good. Nicotine. Uh, I got, a, I got a couple recommendations for the people out there. So I figure, you know, if you're going to get into podcasts, might as well listen to a couple of them. One I really enjoy is called Congressional Dish. It really keeps everybody up on uh, on what the Congress is doing right now. It's a lady. I don't know. Some people might be annoyed by her voice just because she's a woman. A lot of people don't like that from what I hear. But, uh, oh, you know, just, you know, that's that's some of the feedback I've gotten from people I've recommended it to. But she basically watches C-SPAN and plays <laughs> plays the important parts of the latest bill that they're hearing mm-hmm. and then kind of breaks it down into layman's terms nice. on what the Congress is doing right now. And it's called Congressional Dish. And so I, I really recommend people listen to that, just kind of step on what the Congress is doing. And uh, anybody else got any, like, songs or any cool shit to do when you're stoned? Or um, I got a beer recommendation. Because it just came back out. I've been drinking that uh, Fremont Dark Star. Mm. Fremont Dark Star. Yeah, if you like stouts, it's a really nice six-pack. Um, yeah, just good, kind of chocolatey, not too thick, but, you know, thick enough. That's a good, good body. Um, nice. It's up there in the 8%, something like that. Sweet. I don't know. That's a good beer. Um, and then I've been... I was gifted a bag of this Death Wish coffee. I don't know if anybody heard of this, but this is like the supposedly the strongest coffee. I don't know if it is really the strongest, but it is strong. <laughs> it's, it's kind of fun. It's like, I like the taste of coffee a lot, so it kind of is a bummer because I can't drink it as fast as I'd like to because uh, it'll get you zooted. <laughs> that being said, I've been working this new job. Um, I actually left the bud tending position to take on a bartender role. And right now, I'm kind of learning the serving aspect of it and just kind of taking care of the floor. 
And I'm doing like five miles a day on my feet, just running around this place, trying to fucking keep everybody watered and happy with these drinks, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's dope to learn, but this death wish has definitely been nice because I can like periodically come and take like a huge swig and all of a sudden get kind of like whew, ready. Roast. Yeah. So mm-hmm. those are my nice. two lens. Actually, you know, I just watched a documentary last night that was, that was absolutely wild. It's called Free Solo. <clears throat> You guys oh, heard yeah. about this one yet? Yes, I have. Um, basically, it's about this guy who uh, rock climbs with no uh, no, ropes. no no ropes whatsoever. No safety equipment. But he's doing the he's doing El Capitan. I don't know exactly where it's at. I can't, I guess I didn't pay attention that closely. But it's yeah. they call it El Cap the entire time. So they didn't say El Cap in this place. <laughs> <laughs> um, that sounds terrifying. Oh God! It was it's absolutely. I want to be able to watch it. Was, it. it was, it was, it was phenomenal just watching a human being do this. Oh. It was phenomenal. Oh. oh my God, guys. Like it was absolutely off the chart. Like, it's three, it's 3000 feet of just straight vertical incline. And it's this motherfucker. Oh my God. And it's granite. So it's like slick surface. And like what, like what you're doing, he's in like, he describes it perfectly. It's like, you're ending up on like, like, like super, Fine imperfections in the surface. Talking like uh, like upward, like as small as like a centimeter or a m- smaller. Like what you're what you're putting your your life on this one little Ugh. one little thing, and like you're gonna grab over here and grab on this one other part of this rock, and your whole life depends on this next foothold that you're about to rest. Why? Why do you There's never been a time in my life where I'm like. I'm gonna die unless I climb this super high wall that's super treacherous. Then I'm not doing it. Yeah. Well, he's done it so many. He's done. Uh, he's done other things too. Like, like I think he's done another one. That he did What's was it like called again? Free solo. Free solo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not like solo. Is it like what well, solo? Yeah, was I was like, hoping this was about instrumentation. <laughs> 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 oh uh, no, this is phenomenal. Uh, um, you can find it on Amazon. I had to rent it for four bucks for four dollars, but it's one hundred percent worth it. It's crazy. a it's a it's a very well done documentary. Um, you know what's even crazier is that this, this guy. He's, if you want to see this guy perform in another uh, competition in somewhat of a cheaper format, if you already pay for Netflix, he performs in Beastmaster. It's just an obstacle course kind of thing, but it's a okay. pretty treacherous obstacle course. Um, he needs and he dominates it. This, this guy just this, this guy just kills this, this obstacle course. Everybody just like yeah, you, you know he's a professional. Right. So Beastmaster like, on Netflix. Oh yeah. I don't exactly know what episode he's on. Uh, just research his name. I wish I could tell you his name, the name of this guy too. But free solo. Got it. Yeah. Well, all right. Thanks for everybody for tuning in. Uh, check out our new Instagram page, Twist, Twist and Talk. Twist and Talk Podcast. Twist and Talk Podcast. And uh, <laughs> over and out. See you next week. Have a good day, everybody. Later. Later.